Pirates versus Tyrants. This is the Tom Wren Show, where we practice piracy on the enemies of freedom and liberty. Welcome to the show, everybody. You know, I, I have a question for you. I want to open up with a question. What does the Ken Paxton impeachment effort and uh, the failure of the GOP to get anywhere on the, the Pentagon funding bill have in common? Well, uh, there's a lot of rhinos involved. So I want to talk about this, and I want to kind of show, uh, I want to show what's going on here. And this is such an important thing. So we have two very different examples of two very different situations where we, in both instances, had rhinos versus patriots. Uh, in both instances, patriots are greatly outnumbered, and uh, rhinos, yeah, I mean, they're a step just one step west of the Democrats, right? So, you know, the, there's just not a lot of difference. But yet, the patriots were willing to stand in both instances, right? So you all know down in Texas, Texas of all places, right? So Texas, red, red Texas, uh, you know, they are they were trying to impeach A.G. Ken Paxton. Now, the word is, and Paxton said that he believes that this came from Biden and that Biden, uh, you know, told the, the rhino speaker of the House of Texas what to do. <clears throat> this is not an uncommon thing, folks. This is actually, it's like Missouri. They've got a rhino there, too. The minority party frequently has a lot to say about who's going to be the speaker in, in these state house races. Why is that? Well, what happens in the state house races is there's very, very rarely the party discipline that there are, uh, you know, at the federal level. So that means that the getting all the Republicans to vote in a block for a single person, that's pretty tough. So what will happen is, is instead of getting the best Republican, the Democrats will say, we're going to vote for this guy or for that guy. And so even though they're the minority, they get to pick who the leader is. They get to decide because they, they will vote in a block for someone. And then the, uh, the Republican that they're going to vote for only has to pick off a handful of Republican votes, right? So this should sound like corruption, and it should sound awful, but that's what happens. That's what happened in Missouri. That's why we had so many troubles with House Bill 1169. That's what's happened in Texas. Like I said, a lot of Republican states have this problem. So, and I believe in Texas, uh, what's, the, what's the countdown there? I can't recall exactly what it is, but the count down there is pretty, uh, yeah, it's not as red as you would think for Texas, right? It, it, Texas, you would think, would be one of the reddest states on the planet. And, yeah, I mean, it is red, and in most of the state, it's extremely red, but you have some liberal bastions in Texas where, uh, you know, they put a lot of leftist loons out there, and those leftist loons vote in a block, and it's just like everything else. So you got 150 members of the House in Texas, and 65 of them are Democrats. So those 65, if they vote in a block, they only got to pick off 10 or 11 Republicans. You get the, you pick the speaker, right? So they can go whisper sweet nothings into some leftist Republicans' ears, and then you know that guy can only has to get a handful of other you know rhinos, and he's golden. So that's what happens, right? So Paxton has said that, uh, that, you know, Biden wanted him out because, you know, Paxton was going after Biden. He was, he, was going, he was fighting with him, doing all sorts of things. And so he partnered with the Rhino and the Democrats to get this impeachment done. 
Well, the impeachment didn't work out. He was acquitted, which is a wonderful thing. I'm very glad to hear this. And now he's got a chip on his shoulder, and he's going to go after this Bush dynasty rhino Republican nonsense in Texas, which I'm thrilled about. Uh, you know, God willing, he and the, it looks like the lieutenant governor is also going to get going on this. Looks like they're going to do a full investigation, get into some of this, find out what's going on. That's good. That's good. We need a uh, peeved off AG somewhere that's actually going to fight. And at this point, Paxton's untouchable. So Paxton can go to war on this and he's in a good spot. So I'm hoping he does what he ought to do. I've never been more interested to see what a, what an AG at a state level is going to do in, uh, before this. But the thing that's really the takeaway here and the thing that I want you to focus on is the rhino aspect of it, right? So the rhinos were beat by the patriots, right? And in Texas, you know, you can say, okay, it's Texas. Of course that would happen, right? But, you know, it wasn't quite so clear cut. But what happened was, is Paxton took a hard stand. He had some great lawyers. They did a great job in the, the impeachment. And he did, he, you know, he beat it. He beat it. And now he's in a great spot. And that's going to be a good thing. But why would the rhinos do this? Why? Well, because this, this turd of a uh, speaker in the house in Texas, uh, I think, what's his name? Flynn? Flan? Uh, anyways, uh, he, uh, he, he just, he doesn't care. He's not actually a Republican. And that's how a lot of these guys are. Dade Flan, or Felon, Phelan, Dade Phelan. So anyways, Dade Phelan, uh, like I said, he, uh, he's just a piece of garbage. That's it, folks. That's it. He's a piece of garbage. He doesn't care about principles. He's doing whatever he's got to, to keep his own power. And God willing, his selling out will now be uh, you know, very, very clear to the people in Texas, and they'll boot his butt. But Dave Phelan uh, you know, sold out because he wanted power. He didn't care about the, the state. He didn't care about the people. He didn't care about what was right. He wanted power. So, you know, listen, this guy is a piece of work. But that's no different than what's going on in D.C., right? So in D.C., we're coming to the, to the end of this appropriations process. We're getting to the point where we've got to have, uh, you know, they've got to figure out some way to, to deal with this, right? They're, they're going to have their terrible end-of-the-world shutdown if, the, if Congress doesn't find a way to, you know, come together on funding uh, the most corrupt government in history. And, you know, to my mind, a shutdown's a great thing. I'm rooting for it. I mean, I hope we shut down until Biden's out of office. You know, frankly, the less he can do, the better. And, you know, if we shut down, that just means there's less spending. You know, maybe we'll have less debt. I'm all in favor of shutting down. So, you know, that said, uh, the shutdown, you know, is going to happen. They can't do this. And so there's there's a bunch of things going on. You got McCarthy over there, the, the sellout, right? The guy who still has not released the J6 tapes and has not followed through on anything he said. And he's put this Pentagon uh, thing out there because he figured it would be the one that he could actually move on, right? Because what he'll do is he'll put whatever crappy Pentagon funding bill he can out there and say, uh, that if the Republicans don't vote for it, they're not vo voting to defend our country. That's the implication. He knows the Democrats will say that, so he just wants to get this out there. So the, de the Republicans, the conservatives, the patriots that actually don't want to be leftists, they were smart. You know what they did, folks? So to, to get this bill up for a vote, 
it has to go through a certain certain procedures and policies and uh the 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 GOP patriots actually voted with the Democrats. It's party line in this this stuff. They voted with the Democrats to make sure that couldn't get a vote on the floor because that way McCarthy can't throw his own Republican people under the bus by putting a crappy bill out and making it look bad if they don't vote for it. And that's exactly what he was doing, right? So. Uh, the Republicans said, no, we're not going to fall for that. The, the conservatives, not the Republicans, because McCarthy's supposed to be a Republican, but he's not. Uh, but these patriots, they stood together, and they were smart, and they did this, and God bless a bunch of them. I think MTG was among, amongst them, a handful of them. God bless them. Um, here's the thing. You know what's in this bill? I'm going to tell you one thing, one thing that's in this bill, and to me, this is, this is a no-go. There's funding for Ukraine. Why are we spending more money on Ukraine? They have Nazis. I want someone to ask Kevin McCarthy why he's passing a bill that will fund a country that has Nazis in their military. If once if he can answer that, then you know maybe we'll do something. And I'd like to challenge any of these Republicans. By the way, anybody listening knows them. Send this over. Ask the Republican leadership. Ask them to to, to find out from House uh, from Speaker McCarthy. McCarthy, why do you want to pass a bill that's going to send more money that we don't have to a country that has Nazis in their military, despite the fact that we're broke? Why would you want to do that, McCarthy? What is going on here? And where, by the way, where are the J6 tapes? Now, what's that? I want to know what's going on with that. Yeah, this is unbelievable, folks. These people... Uh, they, they just sell out. Now, in the House, I think one of the important things to understand is there are a handful, and I mean a very small handful, uh, of members of the House of Representatives that are actually patriots that will stand up on this, right? And, yeah, we're talking like five, six people, right, that, that have stood up on this. It is a very small number. And they all know that if they don't stand up for it, it's going to pass, you know, when it gets to the floor. So they, th this procedural vote is a big deal. And the people that voted to shut that down, you know, that's a big, big deal. And now this is being reported as a very embarrassing loss for McCarthy and good. Good. I hope so. Because he's a turd. He's not standing by his promises. He's not doing what he said he would. Yeah, I gave him an opportunity. Uh, you know, I didn't know much about him when he started, but I see he's like every other crooked politician there. What I did know is he's tied with the WEF, which always makes me sus suspect and also explains why he wants to fund Ukraine. But uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Elon Crane, um, Dan Bishop, Matt Rosendale, and Andy Biggs, call them and tell them you love them, right? Uh, these guys all voted no on this. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that takes some courage, right? Um, Ron Cole or Tom Cole from Oklahoma. Uh, changes vote to no. Um, Ken Buck and Ralph Norman both decided to sell out, so they uh, they voted yes. So, anyways, you've got this bill that funds the Nazi-loving Ukraine. That I st I still haven't heard the ADL speak out about this. When is the Anti-Defamation League going to speak out about the Nazis and the Ukrainian military, and speak out against us supporting this war? Apparently, they've got a lot of power, so I'm not sure why they're not doing this. But uh, this is a, a Pentagon appropriations bill. 
If McCarthy can't move this, he can't move much. And that tells you where we are. But this is the thing. You've got just a handful of patriots that are actually willing to stand. And this is so, so important for our country to understand right now, folks. You know, everybody says, oh, we have no chance. What can we do? Everything's so bad, and we can't help this, and we can't do that. Yes, you can. It doesn't take a huge majority. It just takes a law, a small but absolutely committed and willing to fight minority that will stand, period. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. And I'm just telling you, it's got to be. It's just got to be. We've got to have more of that. We've got to have people to have courage. We've got to have people who will stand. This is one of the things. So I'm going to tell a little, little secret about my world, right? So when I started fighting, you know, I'm. you guys know my story, right? If you listen to the show, you know my story. I'm a nobody from a little town. I had no chance. I mean, you're talking about fighting, you know, governors and presidents and people of power. What the hell chance do I have? A very good chance, folks. A very good chance. We've had a big impact. Why? Is it because I'm special? No, certainly is not. In fact, probably the most important aspect of this is that I'm not special. I talk about this frequently, but it's something I want you guys to hear. You know what I am? Fearless. I'm fearless. Sometimes it's easy to forget, right? So, you know, as we go through this fight, there's personal issues, there's public issues, you're attacked, you're beat up. I mean, it hurts. Folks, I got to tell you, this fight hurts sometimes. But, you know, uh, it gets where you, it gets sometimes where you, 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 it just seems so big and so tough. And what are you going to do? And I'm going to tell you what you do. You suck it up and you go running. You grab that battle axe and you sprint into the fray and you keep swinging till you win. That's what we need. We need people who are going to fight. We need people who will be fearless. I didn't do anything special. I just fight. I'm not special. But my thought was, is that if I can show that I'm courageous, if I can stand in the face of this stuff, that maybe I can get other people to stand with me, right? And yeah, it's going to hurt. I mean, I'm going to take some arrows, but that was it. And you know what happened, folks? You know what happened? Even though we know, we've got, we've got all sorts of data and evidence, we know that 25% uh, uh, of the people in this country did, or more did not get a single jab. We also know that the goal of the World Economic Forum and the powers that be was 90 to 95% plus vaccine vaccinated in this country. They did not achieve that. They did not come close. Because so many people stood next to me. 25% of this country stood with me, not because of me. I mean, they didn't stand with me, but they stood with me and my fellow brothers and sisters who said, hell no. They stood with Bobby Kennedy. They stood with uh, Meryl Nass. They stood with uh, Pam Popper, with uh, all the, I mean, Mel Kay, all the people who, who just fought like hell. You know, a lot of us, we, Sherry Tenpenny, God bless her. You know, we all, all fought like hell for our freedom. But that handful of people who are willing to take arrows and willing to charge, we got other people to do it too. 
And there were enough of us that we made a difference. There's a control group now. We all see what's killing everybody because there's 25% of the people that are super healthy and the rest that aren't. Why? What's the difference? Well, it's pretty clear. Folks, you can make a difference. This story, what the real story here is, is whether it's Ken Paxton in Texas or a handful of conservatives in Washington, you don't have to be the majority. You just have to be hell-bent on victory and fearless. And I want to challenge each one of you guys to, to, to do that, to be fearless, to share, to put this word out, to tell everybody what's going on. Stand for something, for God's sakes. Our country is on fire. I need you guys to stand with me. We are burning. Our nation is burning. Everything is, is just, it's a struggle. We have two options. We can fight like hell together, or you can look at your kids 25 years from now and say, I'm sorry that your kids will essentially be enslaved. They won't have the freedoms that you had. They won't have the opportunities you had. We squandered it for you. I can tell you what I'm going to do. I will fight till the bitter end, and I hope you'll join me. Support us on TomRens.com. Share the Tom Renz Show. We'll be right back. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com.
welcome back, everybody. So, you know, I found a story out there, and I, I, I got to be honest with you, the number of times that I've read the Washington Post in the last, I don't know, 98 years is somewhere between zero and fewer. And there's a good reason for that. The Washington Post absolutely sucks. Uh, you know, the rumor is that it's actually uh, quite a few people are controlled by CIA working there. I don't know if that's true or not, but, uh, you know, they are absolutely a mouthpiece for the corrupt deep state. And uh, it's really one of the worst newspapers on the planet. I, I put them worse than the New York Times or L.A. Times or pretty much anybody. Uh, they're, they're awful. But uh, they had an article that I decided to read mostly because I wanted to be fussy which it worked. Um, I'm fussy. So uh, this is Washington Post. Uh, Republican takes January 6th and Justice Department claims to new places. Yep. Defending J6 because God knows that's not political persecution, right? So let's talk about this. Let's look at this article. Let's analyze this article a little bit. So conservative efforts to downplay the events of January 6, 2021 and alleged political weaponization of the government seem to ratchet up with each passing week, but rarely have they seen such a fever pitch, a fever pitch, at least at the official level, as they did Wednesday with Rep. Victoria Sparts. All right, so let's let's stop right there because we need to we need to analyze this load of crap. Uh, the the weaponization of the government couldn't be more clear. All you have to do is look at the law and recognize that it's not being followed. These people are being just, the people who have been uh, victims of the J6 persecution have been persecuted, they've been targeted after being, uh, you know, basically entrapped into doing this. You got a bunch of police officers waving people into a building where they're going to get arrested for going into I mean, what the hell's going on here? This is J6. There were people outside. The police were waving them in. There is video footage of the police waving people into this uh, this building. But yet, somehow, that's not entrapment. I mean, I don't know, folks. I don't know. Uh, you know, if you're just there minding your business, doing this thing, and you see police waving you in, you think, oh, maybe they opened it up for tours, right? It's a big monumental, momentous day, right? But no. No, not in uh, not in the Washington Post. So weaponization. This is clearly not weaponization. The fact that there were too many FBI agents in the crowd to to for them to keep track of that were instigating this riot at the behest of Nancy Pelosi and probably with the knowledge of Mitch McConnell and other rhinos. You know, no one cares about that, right? And by the way. Uh, you can certainly disprove what I'm saying here by releasing all the video footage and uh, all of the communications between Nancy and uh, McConnell and the Capitol Police and the FBI and uh, all the information on informants. If this was an insurrection, which I think it was, but I think this was an insurrection by the Democrats and the FBI against Trump. If this was an insurrection, which I think it was, the left thinks it was. So wouldn't that mean that there could be no more important event in American history to have full and complete transparency on? What could be more important? We're talking about an insurrection. I agree. There was one. I think it's from the other end. But, you know, 
I think that instead of squabbling about it, we should just make all the data available. Do you know that we still haven't seen those tapes? Hey, McCarthy, where are the tapes? I still can't see them. I've looked. I've looked online. I can't find them. Are they somewhere that I'm not seeing? You know, are they, are they hidden in plain sight? Yeah, I, I don't see because I know that McCarthy promised they're coming out. But, you know, we don't see anything. We don't see it. Well, let's go on. Let's read some more of this crap, right? Let's read some more of this nonsense. During House Judiciary Committee hearing featuring Attorney General Merrick Garland, the dumbest AG in the history and most corrupt AG in the history of the planet, Sparks both suggested that the scene at Capitol January 6th was actually something of an innocent family affair and also seemed to compare the U.S. government to the Soviet KGB. Well, let me, let me clarify this for you, Washington Post. I think that the U.S. government and the KGB are very similar. I think there's a great comparison, and I hope she did compare it because it's right. I also think that uh, the January 6th event was largely a peaceful family affair. Now, if you get rid of the, the rioters uh, from the FBI and the Capitol Police and uh, the few idiots that were stupid enough to get pulled into it, you really don't have any, uh, any, anything that was all that bad. You know, the Trump side of it was pretty good. There were probably some good people that came on January 6th here, you know. That had bad intent, spats allowed. But a lot of good Americans from my district came here because they're sick and tired of this government not serving them. There you go. That's true. They came with strollers and with kids. And there was a chaotic situation because the proper security wasn't provided. Okay, well, there I do agree, disagree a little bit with Sparks. I think that the, the, it wasn't not provided. It was denied intentionally so that the FBI could run this event. I mean, you, you have all sorts of people from Ray Epps on down who were instigating this who, you know, we can't, we can't get any answers on. We just know there were more FBI agents in the crowd than they could keep track of. That's what Garland said uh, and, and these other guys said. So, uh, you know, I don't think that there wasn't proper security. Nancy Pelosi denied having the National Guard and proper security. So they denied it. Why did they deny it? If she denied it, someone must have said, hey, uh, shouldn't we do this? And she said, no. What's that all about? I don't know, folks. I don't know. Uh, you, know uh, you go through this article, and it continues on. Uh, it wasn't initially clear. They're, they, they're, here's where they fake shock. They, they're just feigning. They can't believe that anybody would say. It wasn't initially clear whether Sparks was talking about the rally at the Lips that preceded January 6th insurrection or the crowd near the Capitol whose participants ultimately violently forced their way in. You mean... The, the ones that were violently forcing their way in as the Capitol Police were standing there waving them in? Is that what you're talking about? Those guys? Um, but it, soon, it was soon evident she was referring to the latter. Quote, they were throwing smoke bombs into the crowd with kids with strollers. She said, people showed up, you know, FBI agents to people's houses. You had my district in town, FBI phone numbers all over the district. People are truly afraid. Okay, so that's right. There were kids in strollers there. I mean, January 6th, there were a million people down there. There were a lot of kids in strollers. And yeah, they're throwing smoke bombs and throwing stuff, and they're instigating a riot. There's no question about that. Uh, then, you know, she talks about the FBI agents. And let me confirm this for you folks, right? So I've had, since J6, 
oh, I don't know, probably a dozen or more calls from people, maybe two dozen people who, hey, the FBI is contacting me and they wanted me to talk to them about January 6th. And, you know, I mean, I've helped a couple of them. Uh, some, some I did, some I didn't have time, you know. But, uh, yeah, the FBI was, I mean, it looks like they were just tracing everybody's cell phone data to see who was there. And if you were there, they were going, you know, doing whatever they could to go after you. Um, but, yeah, they, the FBI was harassing everybody all over the country. The FBI, the same FBI who had people instigating this riot in the crowd. Isn't that interesting? I think that we should have free access to the all FBI data related to January 6th. I mean, if there was an insurrection, don't we need to know what they knew? I mean, they're the law enforcement agency that's been all over this, right? It's, it's an insurrection, one of the most mon momentous events in American history. And I don't know, folks. I just don't know. Um, so, uh, of course, according to the Washington Post, there don't appear to be many, not, there don't appear to be many available images of small children in strollers. Uh, there don't appear to be many. So there, you know, there was just a handful of kids that they were throwing smoke bombs at. So don't worry about it. Right. Because the, the Washington Post doesn't care. Uh, you know, I mean, folks. Really? Really? This passes as journalism, right? This, this is what passes in journalism. You know, so then after they throw the smoke bombs and throw the tear gas and do all this stuff, what happens? People get mad. And then it says, by that point, scuffles between law enforcement and angry protesters have broken out. Well, no crap. You mean after the law enforcement beat that woman to death? Or, you know, attack kids and innocent people? A shock, shock. Oh my gosh. It's hard to believe that that could have caused any problems. I want to know, I want, you know what I want? Here's how we handle this. Here's how we figure this out. I'm going to solve J6 for everybody. I want all the video of the initial break or attack on this, right? So the video of whoever, because somewhere someone started the riot, right? I want to know who, which people. I want the video of the initial outbreak. And then I want to identify them. Then I want to know how many of them were FBI or Capitol Police related. How many of them were informants or, or tied to it? Once we see that, we can move on, right? Now, I think given the, the gravity of the situation, because, you know, this is like when Brett Kavanaugh was getting uh, uh, brought into the Supreme Court, they said, well, the gravity of the charges, right? So the gravity of the charges, we've got an insurrection here. So based on the gravity of the charges, I think it is absolutely necessary that we do this and we go back and we find out who it was and make sure that they were not FBI informants, because I think they were. And I want you to disprove me. I want you to show me that I should have faith in my government again. And I'm going to say this, if you don't, I'm calling BS. I'm going to tell you, I don't believe this. I don't believe it's a thing. I believe that this was a setup. I believe this was a setup to ensure that Trump could never get back into office. Remember the insurance policy that Stroke wrote about? 
I think that the insurance policy was a lot deeper. I think the insurance policy was a lot deeper than Russia collusion. I think it was uh, based on COVID. I think it was based on elections to fraud. And I think it was based on J6. I think this whole thing was tied together. And you know what? I've got a good reason to think it. Because the same people that were involved in things that I can show were fraudulent on COVID and that I can show were bad elsewhere were tied in with this. Right? It's fraud everywhere. One giant conspiracy. As Joe Biden said, biggest biggest election fraud machine in history. I think that's what's going on. According to the Washington Post, though, Sparks' comments build on increasing suggestions about the supposed persecution of the hundreds who were convicted or pleaded guilty to taking part of the insurrection. Um, you mean that were coerced into pleading guilty because they knew that they weren't getting fair trials? I've looked at some of this trial stuff, folks. It's terrible. In fact, we're we're looking at doing an amicus brief on a specific uh, one of the specific trials of the Supreme Court on this, and uh, wow, it's a mess. So. Uh, Many times GOP leaders have pushed back on these efforts, but that hasn't stopped the claims, the minimizing events, and even suggestions the crowd was goaded. I'm not suggesting it. I'm telling you the crowd was goaded. It wasn't just goaded. It was outright entrapment. I mean, these guys start a riot, and then they try and act like they're surprised that it happened. There's no question about that. Now, the the Washington Post, being the good and fair reporter that they are, of course, they went to, you know, Kevin McCarthy for comment, because that works. I mean, you know, Kevin McCarthy, great. That That's what we want. And McCarthy, of course, dutifully uh, trashed the patriots that, that elected him. And, you know, what uh, happened on J6 was atrocious. Okay. Yeah, thanks, McCarthy. I'm shocked. I would have thought that you would have developed a spine and pushed for truth. Uh, in early 2022, the National Republican National Committee cited legitimate political discourse of J6 in a resolution censoring two members who served on the House J6 committee. Um, you mean what they're talking about is Liz Cheney and uh, I, I don't remember the other piece of crap's name. I mean, th- this was absolutely ridiculous. Of course it was legitimate political discourse. Of course these people had a right to protest and to march. It is absolutely protected free speech. And if they were entrapped or enticed to go into a building and did so without knowledge, there is no reason for any of these charges to be there. This is ridiculous. This was absolute corruption. But the Washington Post will have nothing of it. They do not want anybody to challenge their narrative because, uh, well, they're vested in it, right? There's all sorts of reports about who the Washington Post is tied into. Um, After McCarthy, I love this one. After McCarthy this year provided security tapes of the insurrection to then Fox News host Tucker Carlson, Carlson predictably used the tapes to whitewash events. Really? Really? Why? Because he showed the truth? Yes. Telling the truth is now whitewashing, according to the... I mean, this is a news outlet, folks. A news outlet. And this news outlet is suggesting that Tucker Carlson did something wrong by showing video surveillance footage of what happened on J6. Are you kidding me? 
Are you kidding? Everybody should see the tapes in an unredacted fashion. That's my suggestion. Why don't we put them all out there everywhere, right? Do that. Let's try that. See what that shows, right? But no, no, no. According to the Washington Post, somehow Tucker Carlson, by showing what these tapes showed and talking about it, was whitewashing. Whitewashing what? The FBI's fake insurrection that they planned with Nancy Pelosi? Prove me wrong, folks. Release the tapes, McCarthy. Release them. Release the communications. Release the list of informants and what their role was. You know, there's some, some legitimate, incredible rumors that most of the window breaking and stuff were done by FBI informants. Is that true? Hmm. I don't know. What I do know, folks, is there's a lot of good people who thought they were standing up for their country. There's a couple of them that did some stupid things. But they're languishing in prison right now. Their trials were not fair in any way, shape, or form. You have a 97% Democrat uh, population in Washington. So how the hell are you going to get a fair trial? <sighs> Folks, this is, a, this is, it's garbage. And the only thing worse than what happened January 6th are the lies being told by places that don't qualify as press but like to hold themselves out that way, like the Washington Post. This piece of paper is not something I would use to wipe my rear if I was stuck in a forest. It's that bad. I, I literally do not know what to say about it. It is an embarrassment to journalism, and if you work there, you should be embarrassed. I would not. i got to be honest with you. Um, at this point in my life and knowing what I now know, I would sooner take a job cleaning toilets uh, in a fairground than to work at the Washington Post. Support us at TomRens.com. Share the Tom Renz Show on the America Out Loud Network. We'll be right back. Change in the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution. And now we have a throat spray too. crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. 
Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Okay, welcome back and welcome to the Substack, folks. Uh, well, Substack, stack of stuff. You know, I did a Substack this morning, and you should subscribe to TomRents.Substack.com. Uh, but this is the sack of stuff segment, not the Substack segment. I, uh, I just got to keep that straight. Uh, sorry, it's been a very long day and long night, and uh, oh, I'm tired today. I, I am tired today. Anyways, uh, headline. Trump reacts to Murdoch's exit of Fox. They put everything behind the sanctimonious. Now, I want to talk about Donald Trump's position on this, and I'm going to disagree with Donald Trump. What? Yeah, I am. Let me explain. So so Trump reacted to News Corp mogul Robert Murdoch standing down from his role as CEO today in a wide-ranging exclusive interview with National Pulse set to air early next week. Trump, who has recently been on the receiving end of Murdoch's influence at Fox News, discussed the issue during a sit-down, and he says, I wish him luck, uh, but... But, you know, uh, he said Murdoch's hostility towards him is is a little bit ugly. He says they pick their opponents. Perhaps the global, it's the globalist. Who knows? Uh, he added, there's overhang. You just feel something missing, right? And he's talking about the attacks of Fox News on him. Um, and basically, you know, Trump is talking about uh, the support for DeSanctimonious here, uh, or, or Ron DeSantis, uh, headline says DeSanctimonious. But I don't think that that's it, right? I think he hit the nail on the head better when he said the other thing. The issue to me is not that Fox supported DeSantis. It's that they wanted, would support anyone to keep Trump out. It's that they opposed Trump. It wasn't a matter of who they supported. You could have put a stuffed uh, monkey doll in in a chair, and they would have supported that. As long as it was going to hurt Trump, they were going to support it. Okay, so this is like the John McCain wing. You know, uh, you know, these are the guys who they don't want rhinos at any cost, even if it costs them, you know, victory. And that's where this is. So, yeah, Fox News when they got bought by BlackRock. They got rid of Tucker Carlson and all this stuff going on. You've got to understand, folks, Fox News is not a Trump-friendly outlet. It's not a conservative outlet. It's not a patriot outlet. These guys, I mean, the amount of stuff that's leaked out about liberal policies in the background and this and that and other, I mean, they've got a few hosts that are okay. But Fox News itself is a, a globalist, leftist, elitist type corporation. They're no longer a trusted source of news. Uh, they don't really even sort of act like they're uh, independent. So definitely, definitely a big deal and something worth noting. But uh, okay, Vigilant News. So my buddy Vigilant Fox started Vigilant News, and I uh, I like this. It's a good group. So I hope people will support him. But and by the way, I don't even think he knows that I said that. But I, I do hope people will support him. So uh, headline: Ed Dowd makes chilling prediction on how the COVID conspirators will cover up their crimes. Uh, this is an interesting thing. So Dowden sat down with Naomi Wolf, and uh, they were they were chatting a bit, and they're talking about. And he said, Dowd said, and I agree with him. Uh, this has been part of my plan for a long time. 
When we get to a critical amount of people, the anger will be such that politicians will understand that something's changed. The regulators will start to worry and we'll start to see something or an event that will cover it all up. So, and, and, you know, Dowd and everybody else thinks we're getting close to that tipping point, right? People are waking up enough, enough people are getting sick and dying that, you know, we're almost there. And, you know, that's going to happen. This is part of the reason the globalists are pushing so hard for the WHO treaty and some of these other things. It's why there's going to be another pandemic. You know, the election fraud of 2024, it's it's scheduled. Uh, all this stuff's coming because they have to cover it up. Now, I've been talking about this for a long time. What I said is back in, uh, oh, I'd say August, September-ish of 2021, in a super secret meeting of uh, me and the attorneys that were working with me to bring down this tyranny, I, I announced to everybody, I said, okay, uh, we need to shift footing. We need to shift footing. They said, what do you mean we got to shift footing? I said, well, uh, we've won. And now uh, we need to shift footing to ensure accountability. So back in 2021, I made a major shift. Now you may say to yourself, what? What do you mean you won? We still haven't won. No, we did. We did. You see, I knew in 2020 uh, and going into 2021, early, early on, we knew that with the vaccines, they had to get to a 90 to 95% vaccination rate. That was the only way that they could win this. You see, what was going to happen, folks, and we is that we always knew these vaccines were going to do what they're doing, right? And we're just seeing it. I remember if you go back to my stuff in 2020, 2021, as the vaccines were coming, I talked a lot in the summer of 2021 about three to five years out, right? Where are we? Well, we're approaching that three to five years out. What's going to happen is over that three to five year period from 2021 on, the number of sick and dying is going to escalate so, so much. You're going to see so many people dying from these COVID vaccines and from these mRNA, and, and they're putting it into everything now. So I hope nobody's getting any vaccines. But you're going to see this escalate to a level that no one can even fathom. And with that, what's going to occur is it's going to be it's going to be something you just can't miss. Now, the plan, the way that I understand it, and we had some stuff leaked to us on this, right? Stuff I can't necessarily share, so you can take it for what it's worth. The plan was is that if we got to 90, 95% vaccine, vaccinated and everybody started getting sick, they were going to blame it on some new zoonotic disease and call it, uh, say it was from climate change. All these new zoonotic diseases are emerging from climate change. They're killing everybody. We need a permanent lockdown uh, for climate change so that we can all be free. Okay, this is what what I believe was going on based on the intel I've got. Well, if you look at this, folks, if you look at this, what happens? Well, uh, we got to got to a situation where only 75% at most were vaccinated and a ton of other people only got one dose and a ton of ton more people regret any that they got. So what happened is we created a control group. If only five out of a hundred people are unvaccinated, you probably don't know someone who's unvaccinated and no one's talking about it. When 25 out of 100 are unvaccinated, that's one out of four. It's also, it's also 25 people who fought like hell to remain unvaccinated and who won't shut up about it. 
right? So by creating that control group and giving them the courage and working with them and helping them stand. See, remember, I always say that lawfare is more than just the courts. It's we the people are a huge part of it. That's why we focus so much on educating people early on. We had to get the control group. So we knew by the end of 2021, we had a control group. And so this is kind of secret sauce stuff. But we had that control group. Once that was there, it was always going to be a matter of time. And so what we did is we shifted to try and save as many people as we could, try and educate as many more as we could, say, you know, don't get this. It's going to kill you. Do whatever we could to shut it down as quickly as possible and to expedite it because that's how we save lives. That's what we did. It worked very well. But sadly, it could never work well enough. There's still too many that are going to be dead and injured and maimed for life from this. So this is what's happening right now. Well, that tipping point is what I was talking about. That's what Dowd's referring to here. And uh, we're getting there. We're getting there because as more people get sick, eventually they're, they're going to say, okay, well, hey, how comes every, every person I know that's not vaccinated is totally healthy? Everyone I know that's vaccinated has turbo cancer or heart attacks or strokes or is dead. What's going on? This is foundational to ensuring that we win. And remember, until there's accountability, we don't win because they'll do it again. But here's the downside. The other side, Team Evil, right? Team Evil, Bill Gates, World Economic Forum, all these guys. Team Evil knows that this is the case. And they know that if we get to that tipping point, and people say, we demand accountability. This is Nuremberg 2.0, folks. I've been saying for a long time, it'll happen. It will, I think. But make no mistake, these crews, these people who were behind this, they know that if there's a Nuremberg 2.0, the people at the end of Nuremberg 1 ended up at the end of a rope largely. They know that that's real likely in Nuremberg 2. When people realize that they were murdering babies and children, to the tunes of millions, that's not going to go well, folks. That's not going to end well. So you've got to understand where this is going and what that means. And you've got to understand that, uh, you know, folks, this is, uh, this is a disastrous situation. And it's a disastrous thing. And, and it's, it can only end one of two ways. We lose our freedom. Or, you know, these guys end up at the end of a rope. And I think it's going to be the latter. But, you know, these guys are going to do some false flag stuff. They're going to do whatever they got to do to stop this because the other side has thought this through just like I have. And they're in the same, they're in the same spot I am. They, they know that if they, if, you know, if we get accountability, they know where this goes. You know, we've got documents. We've got so much stuff that's, you know, not publicly known. We know what they've got. We know what they did. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep pushing it out there. But this is, you know, it's monumental. It's monumental. We just got to keep pushing. So, anyways, uh, it's it's great stuff. And it's a, uh, a really important thing. I like what Ed Dowd had to say. He's he's dead right on all of this. And, you know, he's talking about whether, you know, we, we use a, a war or a stealing election. He expects there's going to be something to try and throw this off. And I think it's going to be a combination of things, right? I think you're going to have a war. I think you're going to have a stolen election. I think you're going to have uh, a, another pandemic. You know, they're going to release the next gain-of-function virus. I think there's going to be a bunch of things. And so... Uh, bu- buckle up, folks. It's going to be a bumpy ride, and uh, you know I hope you guys are, are getting ready because it's not pretty right now. The globalists are all in. 
they're going to win or they're going to go down trying. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's just not going to be pretty. All right. Headline, insanity. Well, that, that I could stop right there. Uh, that sums up pretty much 90% of the world I live in. Headline, insanity. Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson signs $29 million contract to build illegal immigration camps in the city. Uh, well, why wouldn't he? I mean, that seems like a great idea, isn't it? Let's build some illegal immigration camps in Chicago uh, where the people are all mad, right? Uh, I mean, across the board, you've got people in Chicago, left-wing craziness Chicago, you got all sorts of people who are protesting, having a fit, right? Having a fit. These people are not happy and uh, about this illegal immigration. It's out of control. They know it. And uh, yet, this guy's looking at building camps. I mean, what kind of an idiot is this? Only in a state, uh, city as corrupt as Chicago could, could a mayor do this and think he had to have any chance of not being thrown out on his ear. I mean, the level of corruption that must be in that city, I, it's got to be mind-blowing. I can't fathom how you get to that point, right? I just, I don't know, folks. I, I just don't know here. All right. I, <laughs> Oh, this is this is this is sad to me, folks. I had a very sad story. Um, I'm upset because you know uh, there's nothing I like more than walking down the street and smoking crack, or not, right? Or not. Um, headline change: Seattle City Council passes ban on public drug use. Oh, really? Aren't drugs already illegal? I mean, isn't it illegal to be using heroin or Coke or whatever? Apparently, Hunter Biden's very at home in Seattle because public drug use is, was okay up till now. But uh, Seattle City Council has decided that maybe public drug use is not okay. Um, I, I don't know what to say about that. What I do know is that the only thing more surprising than that is that, according to the article, of course, the far-left members of the council voted against this, and the far-left activists tried to invade the chamber during the vote, but it passed. Really? Really? You got activists invading the, the city council chamber because they can't use drugs in public? I mean, what kind of a crap hole is Seattle? Are they trying to catch San Francisco? Do they have a poop app? I just don't know if they have a poop app here, right? Uh, it's it just, what in the hell am I looking at here, folks? Uh, it, oh, well, I'm sorry. Hunter Biden is now checking Seattle off of his favorite city list. Uh, he can no longer smoke crack off of hookers' butts in the middle of the street, and that is too bad. All right. Headline, Reuters. Record number of migrants head to U.S. border and fresh test for Biden. I don't know what the, how's this a test, right? I mean, what, what the hell's the test? I mean, he just opens the gates, says, please come in. Right? This is what all he does. I mean, what, what test is there? He's already failed. He's failed the test of being a president. He's failed the test of protecting our borders, of protecting our country. I don't know what he has. He, what has he not failed at, actually? Actually, you know what? What has he not failed at in his life? 
I mean, he's a terrible parent. Look at look at his kid. Uh, he's he's an awful human being. He's sold out on everything. He's an awful politician. I mean, I don't know what he's good at. He poops his pants. Can't even hold his poop. I mean, what what is Joe Biden good at? Uh, I think probably nothing. Okay. So, yeah, uh, thousands of migrants have crossed in the United States in recent days. And uh, many more busloads and cargo trains are still arriving. And there's a dramatic increase. And uh, we just got wide open doors. I mean, we're platoons of millions, right? We've got millions crossing the border. I mean, there's there's pictures in this article of cargo uh, trains like full of illegals. It's just ridiculous. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to say about this, folks. I mean, you know, we all know it's happening. Biden knows it's happening. He's he's facilitating it. I mean. Along with groups, you know, like, like all the reports of the Red Cross and all these people who, you know, they keep taking your money and then using it to, to make maps and uh, you know, essentially uh, show people how to come to America. Yeah. All right. Uh, last, last but not least, headline, Project Veritas shuts down, fires all journalists and employees after ousting O'Keefe. So apparently Project Veritas is now no more. After they threw out O'Keefe, their money dried up and everything failed and they just shut down. Um, I, I just feel bad about that whole thing, folks. I do. It's a shame. I don't know O'Keefe and I don't really know Veritas. Um, and I'm not saying that I got any love for him personally because I don't know him. But it's a shame because they did a lot of good work. And it just looks like this whole thing was one big thing to, to wipe out an important conservative outlet that was fighting and sharing truth. And I don't know if that's what was going on or not. I don't know what happened. What I do know is that this whole damn thing is a shame. I don't know why we patriots can't keep our poop together, but boy, we are a disaster fighting together. I hope we can all fight together. I hope you'll fight with me. Go to TomRens.com. Share the Tom Renz Show on the America Out Loud Network. We appreciate all that you do, folks. And uh, we'll be back soon.